you guys for tuning in to uh, another episode of the TCE podcast. And uh, today thought it would be good to run the four corner offense again. Uh, there's a lot of things going on from a, um, from a sports perspective, some topics I want to hit on. So um, the four the four corner offense is back to to run out the clock here and, and discuss some of these topics. So back with me again is Brian, Pat and Alan. How are you guys doing? Good. How you doing? Good. I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm Patrick, by the way. You forgot me in the intro, but that's all right. They'll remember I, me by the I time. I said your name. I said. Oh, I did you? Patrick. Oh. Yeah, well, I, I am drinking. I am drinking. So bear with me. Go ahead, Dennis. Sorry, you're the moderator here. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. Fair, fair enough. Also known as the host, Alan. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. It's good to be back. Fantastic. Fantastic. You've been drinking, so I support that behavior. So, um. First things first, uh, it's kind of the elephant in the room to me. So um, we've had two NBA Finals games, and I'm curious uh, what you guys think of what you've seen so far. I'll just say that, to me, Milwaukee has lost two games for two reasons. They miss way too many shots at the rim. I can count at least in the first half of each game, at least five shots that were point blank within three feet that they missed. And secondly, it's really hard to win when your second and third best players don't show up. And that was really clear in game two. Um, But with that, I open the floor to you guys. What are your sort of observations or takeaways from the first two games? So, uh, you know, Dennis, one thing I, I want to start with is, and, and I mean, I know I've got s- some bias here because of some of my West Coast preferences from from my gambling days, but uh, you know, I, I think it's a side conversations. I talked with with you guys about. I thought that in the Hawks and in the Suns, we saw 2015 Warriors light a little bit in terms of really being able to spread the floor. A lot of rim running off of off of pick and rolls. A lot of playmakers on the court at the same time. A lot of good shooters. A lot of movement. And frankly, you know, the Hawks almost won that series if if Bogdanovich would have been able to move and if Trey wasn't wouldn't have been on one leg for a couple of games. Um, so uh, it, rather than focus on Milwaukee and, and what they haven't done. Um, I think your observations are spot on. Phoenix is really good. And Mikhail Bridges is the perfect 3 and D for this game. Um, Chris Paul, for all of some of the nonsense that he brings, he can play. He can shoot it. He can shoot mid-range. He sees the floor. He motivates people. And, you know, I, I won't be too long-winded today, but, you know, Monty Williams can really coach. I mean, that, that video that's gone viral of him coaching Aiton on the X's and O's. Love that. Then, but then coaching him back up by telling him that he has set a new standard for himself. I mean, I mean he can coach. And, and uh, so they've looked good. Obviously, things always change on the road. You know, like what Sparkly always say, the you know, role players always make such a big difference because they play so much better at home. So there's a lot of basketball to be played, but I'm impressed with the, with the Phoenix team and, and they're a lot of fun. Yeah, they are a lot of fun. And I think that clip that you're referring to 
at least to me, was less about X's and O's and more about telling a very specific player what they needed to hear at that specific time. It's really about pushing buttons, and he couldn't tell a different player that same message. That was the message that he needed at that moment, and then he went out and played well for the rest of the game. And I just think that is... That's coaching on a whole nother level. Like it's coaching beyond X's and O's in my mind. It's very much you are so in tune and in sync with your team. You know the buttons to push. And to a lesser extent, I think you saw that with the Clippers. And it proves that Tyrone Lue knows how to coach basketball. But that's a whole nother story. But Brian, Pat, what (laughs) what are your observations of the first two games? Uh, you go, Brian. Well, I, I, I will. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I'll say this. Um, I am. I'm happy for Phoenix. Uh, certainly, as a former Phoenician for uh, six and a half years. Is that's that how you always, say that? Phoenician. That's how you say that. Phoenician. Yes, a Phoenician. Um, so. It's, so uh, it's like a blind. <laughs> <laughs> this, this fucking guy. Who invited him? <laughs> Uh, yes, that is the correct pronunciation. Um, so I'm happy for them because, uh, you know, certainly I was there for some really bad, bad, like post Nash and all those guys. Like when it just, and Sarver is a whole other situation, but that's another story for a different day. Um, to me, if you'd have told me at the end of last year when they went eight and no in the bubble that all they needed was Chris Paul and they'd get to this point, I, I don't know that anybody's taking that bet. Um, but I think for them, they're just a really good team. And like to your point, Alan, they're a really good coach. And they just seem really, really, really in sync. And it doesn't seem like the moment, even with young guys, the moment doesn't seem too big for them. And maybe that's what Chris Paul brings is that he's just that calming presence for them. But it doesn't I, seem I think too it's, big. I think it's them. Paul and Williams bring that. I mean, you just – you don't see – I mean, I respect the hell out of Buttonholzer and his mind and all of that stuff. But, you know, when you think about, you compare the body language of him to Monty Williams, compare the body language of a lot of coaches to Monty Williams. Um, I, I think not just the way he coached up Aiton. I, I just think the whole way he carries himself, it just brings a level of calm to that group. But I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that was something I'd forgotten about earlier and you were no, no. I mean, certainly. I mean, that just kind of brings home the point too. Is that um, when you have a good coach or a great coach, um, and certainly that can make all the difference. But if you uh, if you combine that with somebody like Chris Paul, and you know, like I said, they were eight and zero in the bubble at you know at the end of last year, so they had something cooking. I don't know that anybody would have thought that they'd be here. Um, but they just seem like a really, really good team in terms of like their functionality, the way they flow, the way they play. Um, and to your point, Dennis, I would agree with you that um, Milwaukee not having Chris Middleton show up or um, Drew Holiday show up, that's a problem. I mean, Giannis is giving you 42 on a bum knee. I mean, he needs help. And so I think that. And I texted to you guys last night. I hope that uh, people are going to always give Giannis 
crap, but I don't know how much you can give him in this series when he's dropping 42 on the bum knee and his and his squad doesn't help him. Yeah, and he stopped shooting threes and everything. And I think the other thing I, I, I've noticed about this, and this is um, more so of the playoffs in general, but specific to the finals, I really think the difference in this year's playoff basketball is if you have a point guard that can get you easy buckets – it's all the difference in the world. Like Atlanta maxed out completely because they had somebody that could get in the lane and get their guys easy buckets. And, and I can hear Alan in my head talking about, they actually have guys who can shoot. You put those two things together in a team, the way basketball's played today where you can't touch anybody. It's really hard to beat a team with a point guard that can get you easy shots. And so Milwaukee doesn't have anybody that gets them easy shots. They have to work for everything they get, but Chris Paul can get Phoenix an easy shot. And that's, that just stands out to me um, so much. But Pat, what what are your thoughts so far? Uh, I'll be honest. It, it, it kind of feels, and maybe you guys don't see this, but you know, that first year LeBron got to the finals with the Cavs a long, long time ago. I think they got smoked by the Spurs, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yep. For, yeah, they got swept. It kind of feels like that. Like, um, you know, you look at you look at the Milwaukee roster, and, you know, outside of, you know, obviously Giannis is Giannis, but, you know, Middleton is pretty good. We were kind of having a sidebar about him being kind of a poor man's Clay Thompson, and, and Alan pointed out a very poor man, and, he, and he's right. <laughs> He's 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 dead right. I mean, I think he. I mean, he's he had a great he had a great game one. I think he. I'm looking up the numbers. He took 26 shots. He made 12. That's pretty good. Uh, took 12 threes, but uh, maybe that was game two. No, that was game one. But um, I don't know, man. They feel like uh, it feels like honestly. I feel like Phoenix is going to win this thing just because, like to Allen's point. They're a more complete team. Uh, I mean, I could read off the names to you if you really want me to do that. But, you know, the Bucks have P.J. Tucker, <laughs> Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, Pat Connaughton, Jeff Teague, Bobby Portis, Brian Forbes, and Elijah Bryant. Those are the dudes getting minutes in this final outside of Giannis and Chris Middleton. So, uh, to me, I, I, you know, I, and we've kind of goofed about this too, you know. For as much of a douche as Chris Paul is, he's got an exceptional player in Booker. And, you know, Booker didn't have a great game one, but he ended up with 27. Motherfucker made 10 free throws. He was 10 of 10 at the line. So, you know, he was doing stuff. He didn't make a lot of threes, but I don't know, man. It feels to me like um, I think Phoenix has the edge. I guess if Chris Paul's going to get one, it's, it may as well be here. I, I will comment too. I like the fact that we almost had identical scores in the games. You had uh, Phoenix hitting one eighteen in both games, and uh, except for a three point difference in game two, it would have been one eighteen one hundred five in both games. I like the symmetry. I like what's going on there. Uh, that's a weird stat, but that is what it is. Uh, what else? Um, yeah, man, Chris Paul. He's a good player. Uh, he's not the greatest point guard ever, but to your point, Dennis, he gets people shots. And I don't think the Milwaukee has that. Unfortunately, I think Giannis is going to have to wait another year to get his his title. I think this is Phoenix's yeah. series to lose. And I mean, it's, 
it's a good point, Pat, because I really feel like two things. One, I hate this incessant need to try to rank people in the moment. Like Chris Paul's a great point guard. Maybe he's top five, maybe he's not. But I would prefer that we have this conversation after, you know, his career is over, if that makes sense. And now with them going to to Milwaukee game three, I'm just hoping that Milwaukee – I really want Milwaukee to win two games, but the way this is going, they're probably going to get one, and this is over in five. But yeah, this, this um, is this is a gentleman. This is a gentleman. Yeah, a gentleman squeak. Uh, it feels like four to one to me, but I don't know, Alan. What do you think? You think four to one seems logical at this point? I mean, I, I mean, I, I I think it does because I mean, with all again, I, I mean, I hate to sit here and sound like I'm 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 knocking down a, a guy who's a legit NBA All Star. But a lot of Middleton's success against Atlanta was because Bogey couldn't freaking move. I mean, Bogdanovich could not move. Um, and, and so, I, I don't know. They're going to have trouble matching Phoenix's points. And, I mean, guys, we, we've gone through this whole discussion. We've barely talked about Booker, which, you know, Patrick brought him up. He was a straight bucket. And, and not in the way that Harden's a bucket, like a legit bucket. And, um, and you know, it, it's almost time. I mean, he, I know he doesn't have the rings, but we were talking about poor man's people earlier. Jay Crowder is starting to look like a poor man's Robert Ori. Hey, you man, know, just, that's a good just point. one of those that's guys where point. everywhere he goes, he contributes, he knocks down some shots. He's usually defending one of the top two that's players. A really on the good team. point. And, and and his teams usually have winning records. I have to respectfully hey. disagree. I won't let you disrespect the great Robert Ory that way. Hold on. I will he tell said you. poor man. Oh, no, he on, said no, poor no, man. No, no, no. Very. Think, no, 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 no. Very. No, I don't think he's even in the same league to call him. Poor okay. Man, he's not Ory. big shot, hold Bob. On. But oh, hold on, okay. Hold on. Hold on. I think he's. I think he's James Posey. Oh, James Posey late in his career when he. about James Posey sick. with the Heat. And then went the, to the Celtics, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah, much more of the, yeah. But the difference is, oh no, no, no I'm thinking it's different, different. Yeah, games. Sorry. but Crowder is starting, and I, I get your point, Alan. I see exactly where you're going, but I need to see Crowder do that for two or three other teams before I go that far. But I see what you're saying, and I feel like he's a little more James Posey that way. But I'll give him credit. He is such a role player and a difference maker, especially given what he did for Miami last year in the bubble. So I totally understand where you're coming from. I'm just not ready to call him Robert Ory yet. Hey, hey, Al Dog, uh, Devin Booker was seven of twelve from three in game two. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he he's a freaking seven bucket. of twelve. I, I mean, he, he scored seventy against the Celtics that one year. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. And, and, like and everybody loved yeah. and everybody loved ripping on him because they lost the game. As if scoring seventy doesn't mean anything. Um, I mean, we started to get a hint, you know, in that bubble when it was a little more open gymish. That hey, wow, Aiton's onto something here. Hey, wow, Booker's onto something here. And yeah. then you know they added some pieces, and it's a it's a good team. Yeah, it really it, it really is a good team. So hopefully uh, this will get better as. Um, as this goes on, so I'm just hoping that Milwaukee is able to make this a little more of a series and keep it competitive. And the reason why I want that is because 
given the schedule, and I hope the NBA keeps the schedule the way it is and just starts on Christmas Day so they can just dominate the first six months, seven months out of the year. And the reason why I want that is because the longer this series goes on, by the time this ends, we are coming up on training camp. And so working from home every day, I tend to watch a lot of um, – Joe Scarborough, first thing in the morning, just to get a sense of what the news. Oh my god! I know, man. That's that's pretty slanted too, man. Joe Scarborough is about as right left as they come. But 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 I watch him because I feel like even though he gets on his soapbox, I feel like it's a balanced view of what's going on because he's not super liberal. And he's not super he's conservative, but he's not super liberal, but he will acknowledge when someone has a good point. And I think that's all I'm really looking for is when someone makes a good point, acknowledge it without getting into the partisanship. But but that's sidebar. But the other thing I I end up watching is get up and get up is milking the hell out of this Aaron Rodgers story. So I'm just curious with training camp coming up because it's already early to mid July. Do you guys think Aaron Rodgers really shows up to training camp? Um, well, I will say to what you've said before, Dennis, that you know, there's a bear shit in the woods. Like, of course, he's going because he's not going to lose $22 million or whatever it is. Like, he's going. I heard that he also renewed his membership to his country club in Green Bay. So, like, you're not going to do that if you're not going to be there, I would imagine. Well, like Carson Palmer, when he put his house up for sale in Cincinnati, he was serious. <laughs> hey, Carson, yes. we just talked about that last night. He got his number yes. retired. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's what I was telling you. That's what I was saying. Like, yeah. uh, like it's Phoenix is the, it's definitely the type of town. It's always going to be a sunset. That was their first franchise. I mean, the Diamondbacks won a World Series. The, the Cardinals have had some success here and there. But trust and believe that's always going to be a – Sunstown, but that's a different going back to our previous conversation. But yes, Dennis, I think he will be there. Uh, yeah. I'll, ju- I'll jump in. Um, yeah, he'll be there. I mean, he's a prickly <laughs> pair, <laughs> he's a prickly pair, but uh, you know, I, I really got it. I really enjoyed hearing him on the uh, he did a segment like once a week on the uh, Pat. What's his name? Pat McAfee show. McAfee, yeah. Yeah, he was doing a segment for them because apparently he's friendly with uh, what's his name, the linebacker from oh, AJ Hawk. There it is. He's friendly with him, so they had this little segment. He kind of humanized himself a little bit because he does seem a bit robotic, but I mean, oh boy, is what 36, 37? How old is Aaron Rodgers. He's right around so, that age, 36, Yeah, he, he, he's, he's not leaving money on the table, just like Brian said. So he'll be there. I mean, he, he's obviously has some disdain for what's going on there. And I guess whatever, man. I mean, you're going to get hurt feelings in life, and that's what it is. So go ahead, Alan. I'm sorry I didn't mean to step on your comment. Oh, no, it's, uh, it's broken record time. Um this is not the point in your career where you start leaving 20 plus mil on the table. No. Um, and regardless of how you may feel about this or that, um, the only situations that are a lot better for a quarterback's health than the one that he is in are occupied by Mahomes and Brady. Um, 
So uh, I, I think he'll figure out a way to make it work. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, I've heard a lot of people talk about the compromises. I'll come back for a year, but you have to give me my unconditional release. And to me, there's no way Green Bay does that because they don't want a far situation where you then go to Detroit or you go to Minnesota and you come oh, back. He's not doing that. He's not. He's not. He's not going there. Oh, he's far, not going there. Rogers is spiteful ah. enough to go to Minnesota. I can see him going to like. To San, I can see him going to like San Diego or or is it San Fran? Like, isn't he from? He's from California. I think. Yeah, right? he went. To, he went to Cal. Yeah, I mean, but Cal, they just drafted right? a court. Yeah. They just. They just traded like five first round picks to draft a quarterback. Like the rumor is he wants to go to Denver because his fiance's people are from Colorado. So the rumor is he wants to go to Denver and Denver would be willing to make the trade because they've Who's got a defense. Some actress. Don't get me started. I have no idea who she is. You have to look her up. Hold on. I'm going to Google it. Yeah. Hold on. Stand by. No, but, but, to, but to your, but, but to your comment about him being, Spiteful. Yes, he could probably be very passive aggressive. I heard that's the book on him. But like, but like, what do you want to be, Matt Stafford at the end of your career? You want to go to Detroit and just pass for a bunch of stats and go six and ten? No, thank you. Like, I think he's probably got enough pride about himself that he would go. He'd probably either do Denver or bust. See, to me, to me. (laughs) Hold on, he's dating. uh, He's he's dating some girl, the actress uh, Shailene Woodley. And for any listener out there that doesn't know who that is, if you saw um, Big Little Lies on HBO a couple of years ago, they did a couple of seasons of that, which is it's pretty is a really good series. She was the young girl in that show, dark haired, dark complexed, uh, dark haired girl that was. Um, oh gosh, she was one of the characters that befriends like well, I don't know Sweet Home Alabama. What's that girl's name? I can't think of the name. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Dude, yeah, you so, might as well be speaking freaking Greek to me right now. Well, Alan doesn't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Same my here. wife and I, my wife and I watched shows, and it was a really good show. It was based on a novel, and it was one of them deals where I guess the author wrote one book and then was like, "I'm done," kind of like The Handmaid's Tale. And then they were like, "Hey, this was really good. We sold a lot of uh, you know money. We made a lot of money on this. Can you write or help us write another season?" It was pretty good. She's she's a nice girl. She's a little bit weird, but you know I like weird. I'm kind of weird. Aren't we all? Yeah. I to me the team that should make a play a hard play for him, and I hate to say this because they're in my division, but Washington is the team that should make a hard play for Rodgers. With their defense, they would be the best team in the division, and they could rival Tampa at that point, given their defense. Um, but I just find it interesting because this story, um, from a media perspective, ESPN is milking this story like it's the Dak Prescott contract. So every day <laughs> when I'm watching Get Up or when I'm watching, see that's why First I can't Take, watch them in the morning for that very it's, reason. It, it's like how I don't many watch times can you like? There's so many. There's only so many ways you can ask these questions about about Aaron Rodgers. It's like. It's like, you know, being at work and it's like, hey, your paperwork is missing. There's only so many ways I can say that your paperwork is missing. And so I, I'm just curious as to because football's coming and I, and everybody's um, everybody gets excited, at least around here about football. But I was just curious to um, 
to see what you guys thought. And speaking of, you know, big things that are in the news, um, the Olympic sprinter, Shikari Richardson, got suspended for 30 days. And now she's not on the Olympic team because she tested positive for for weed and she smoked the weed because her mother had died and she was emotional and depressed. And so she smoked to make herself feel better. And this, that and third. And so I find it interesting because there's a lot of different perspectives that are that are weighing in on whether they think she's right or she's wrong. And I'm curious what you guys think, because I'm open to a lot of different ideas and opinions about it. Um, Because I hear people say it's weed. We need to change the rules and the laws about weed because we know so much more about it. We know so much more about PTSD and trauma and, and some of the scientific benefits. But then at the same time, I understand people saying, well, the rules are the rules. And you knew what the rules were, even if the rules were wrong. You knew what they were, and you still did it anyway, so you got to suffer the consequences. So I'm curious what you guys think, because I find my conversations with you guys, you guys have very unique perspectives on a variety of different things. So with that being said, what was your take on it, and what do you think should happen? And I know that's a bit of a loaded question, but... But I'm just curious your perspective on the whole situation. Hey, Dennis, do you mind if I start? Um, so th- this is a tough one for me. So first of all, let, let, let's get the the overarching uh, out of the way. Um, somebody who enjoys a beverage is probably pretty hypocritical to wax judgment upon uh, marijuana smoking at this point with what we know about it. It's an out-of-date rule. It, the views on the drug are out of date. All of those things are true. That said, here's what doesn't sit right with me. You know, um, one of the things that I've always been impressed with with Steph Curry is the way that former teammates still have his back. Um, you know, people who don't have to toe some kind of party line are still right there for him. And the thing that struck me with this, this story was, and and this may have been unfair on my part, but I did some Googling and, and uh, I did the types of things that people would have done to Barry Bonds um, when we were much younger men. And with the clarifying statement that, I fully understand that ages 17 through 25, the human body can transform itself in very unique ways um, in a short amount of time. What makes me feel weird about this story, even though I think that the weed thing is an innocent thing, is that her still not being invited to the relay even though her weed suspension would be over before the relay is the thing that stuck out to me. And so I'm going to put together all the things that I just said. So I Googled pictures of her and she has put on a significant amount of muscle and definition in two years. And 
it makes me, it, it's not fair for me to do this. It's not fair for me to have float conjecture, but I also know one of the track and field mantras is that even if you never have a positive test, your peers always know who's doing stuff and who isn't. And so take all of those things in and the fact that there was not an uprising with the relay team that, hey, she should be on this team. Maybe they're just towing the company line, in fairness. Um, but the, all of those things that I just mentioned just make me wonder a little bit if maybe they didn't really fight the idea of this suspension and didn't invite her to the relay for fear of future positive tests about something. And again, it's not fair. She's a young woman, works her tail off, weeds a bullshit thing to get suspended for. But um, it's, it's just a little bit different angle that I've been kind of kind of kicking around. That's interesting because that's a perspective that I had not heard or considered. I will say that the explanation that I've read and seen is that the reason why she wasn't on the relay was because after she won, they had already determined who the relay team was going to be and the alternates. So once she got suspended, everybody moved up a level and they felt like it was unfair to everybody who had moved up a level to then move somebody down to allow her to participate in the relay. I think you can go either way about whether or not that's right or that's wrong. And I would also say just briefly that if it is about winning, because the Summer Olympics is where we tend to dominate as a country, if it is about winning and, and we as Americans tend to want to win at all costs, you would want to send your best. And a weed violation seems trivial in 2021. Um, but I, I, I have mixed feelings about it because I understand the principle of it all. But I just think this is a situation where society is past where the rule was and marijuana law is steeped in racism, which I'm not going to go into because I think that's another podcast and another conversation. Um, but I'm of two minds of it. And so, like I said, I, I'm curious what you guys thought. And Alan, I'm glad you brought that perspective because that's one that I hadn't considered. But Brian, Pat, what, what, what do you guys think? Go ahead, Pat. Um, I'll be honest. I, uh, I, I haven't really been next to this thing. So, uh, I mean, I saw it pop off when we were heading to, I think it happened over the last before last weekend. And I guess my, my take is <laughs> so such a bullshit antiquated answer, but I mean, if you were gonna, if, if you're gonna have a situation where you're gonna possibly fail a drug test, even though it's not like a performance enhancing thing. Like why, why fuck around with that? I don't know. There's rules for a reason. And I know people were quick to point out, Oh, well, uh, what's that little shithead? The guy, the swimmer, uh, what, like Michael Phelps there. No, the other one that was, had somebody tweeted pictures of him smoking a bong and shit. Is it, is it Ryan Lochte? Is that his name? No, Michael Phelps. It was, uh, but, but, but it was after he wasn't competing at the time. I guess my point is, you know, there's a, um, 
when you sign up for something like this to be in a competition to uh, like the Olympics or whatever, there are certain things that you have to meet, whether they're antiquated rules or not. And I don't know, I'm kind of an old head this way. I guess I think of it as, hey, man, you shouldn't have smoked the fucking weed. Should have got it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, you shouldn't have got a test for it. She got robbed. And my wife's in the background saying she got robbed. Listen. <laughs> uh, God bless you, Tori. We love you too. Yeah. Hey, Tori. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe we need to change the rules, but it was a rule at the time. So I'm, I'm also known as a rule abider in my yeah. group. So you hear in the background chirping? She said, yeah. So uh, that's my take is, uh, hey, man. Don't smoke the weed if uh, you know you're going to test for it positive and they might kick you out of the Olympics. But I mean, I feel bad for it. it is, you know, it's kind of some dumb shit to get kicked out for smoking a little ganj. It certainly won't enhance your your performance. It might make you, you know, go get Taco Bell or you know, get some Doritos or some shit. But. Yeah, you might make some questionable decisions, but you're not going to harm anybody. Um, no, absolutely uh, not. Uh, um, that way, unless you're throwing a javelin, then it becomes a weapon. But that's a whole other, you know, conversation for another day. So, but uh, but but Tubbs, what do, what are your thoughts here? Um, I'm kind of with the group. I'm torn, um, and I'm not necessarily a stickler for the rules, but I think there's letter of the law and there's spirit of the law, and by letter of the law, like spend it. So, I mean, but the spirit of it is where you kind of get into the ambiguity in the gray area. Um, but certainly for them, if you're going on the theory that the rules, the rule for a reason, and we're holding everybody to that same rule, then um, then I guess if, you, if everybody's being treated the same and everybody's being held to the same standard and the same rule, then at the end of the day, even though I might disagree with it, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I was listening to. Uh, hold on, hold on. I, just, I want to be clear. Oh, hold on, real quick, not to cut you off, but I want to be clear. I understand that thought process, but would you say that even if we all agree that the rule's unfair? I would say that probably yes, because the law that law that rule was put in place for a reason. No, we may disagree with the rule or the people who put the rule in place or. Um, which, I mean, certainly we're going to talk about something that was put into a place a long time ago here shortly, but, um, but that's a rule that was put in place a long time ago and it has stood and people have you know, complained about it for years and decades, but guess what? That was the rule, right? Um, now to the Olympic thing, right, going back to that, um, one of the few ESPN shows I watch, which would be uh, highly questionable, but Monty Jones was talking about there is a woman who tested positive off of something she ate in a burrito, and they held her to that same standard. For something she got, so she ate in a burrito, and that woman was held to the same standard that this woman's being held with. So it's like, it, and, uh, so if that is the case, we might disagree with the rule, but if everybody's being held to the same standard, I can't, I don't know that I could make a, a good enough argument to argue for her being, uh, for her to be on the relay team. And to something that you said, Alan, that I was thinking about too, um, do you think that possibly the weed test, the positive test, I don't want to say as a smokescreen or like a, um, you know, a diversion, but do you think, well, from what I hear you saying, you think it might be, we're, we're going to say that it's a positive weed test, but we all know what it really is. 
but we're not just going to put it out there. I mean, like, like I said, I'm, I'm being unfair because, I, like I said, I'm doing the Barry Bonds thing, just looking at, hey, I know what you look like in Pittsburgh and what you look like now. But, um, uh, yeah, it, it made me wonder. It made me wonder if it was just a, hey, let's save as much of her character as we can yeah. type of thing. Or, 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 worst case, it was one of those things where her relay partners were like, or potential relay partners were like, look, we're not we're not willing to risk the gold that we're gonna get by letting somebody that we think's doing some other shit run with us. Yeah. That's understandable. That's understandable. Yeah, I, I just think it's a complicated issue and I've read a little bit about it, but I've been paying attention probably more so to how it's being portrayed in the media and I think it's one of those things where the media is portraying it as very empathetic because I think attitudes around weed have changed, but it's, you know, it, the rule is the rule. And I just don't think we've moved enough to where we can get past, hey, we know it's the rule, but the rule is dumb and we need to get over it and change well, it. We'll, we'll look at it like this. If I apply for a job and I have to take a urine test to get that job and the company policy at that time is, hey, you can't have no weed in your system. We're not going to hire you. And I fail the drug test. I don't get the job. Like, okay, I I guess I should have, you know, I shouldn't have done that. You know what I'm saying? Like at some point, like. I just think we get into some slippery slopes when we talk about personal accountability. And I know that the rule is stupid. I know weed is not that big of a deal, but at the same time, it's like, are you, you're, you're, I get that you were having some emotional situation. I get, I get all that, but I don't know, drink a beer, you know, call Alan. He'll drink with you. He likes to drink. with people. I'm, this I'm is just true. Saying, this is te- true. Text me about the finals, and we'll talk through everything. Yeah, she would have called. She <laughs> called Alan. He'd have been like, "Hey, stop on over." Will you hang Nike's out conspiracy. Everything. Yeah, he'll talk to it. Yeah, he'll talk to you. He'll get his tinfoil hat on, and he'll sit with you in the park in his driveway while this kid knocks down jump shots, and uh, he'll drink some beers and shit. Like, just just do the right. Just do the thing that you have to do. Like sometimes I think we we start making excuses for people that kind of fuck up a little bit like oh she shouldn't be caught off of that michael phelps was smoking a bomb well yeah he was but he wasn't competing at the time or, or preamble to a a comp an athletic competition he was it was after that and you know he's a weirdo anyway but that's my point you can't do it and get a job somewhere even though the rule's dumb it's still a rule that's my thing i'll be that guy in this podcast i'll be who am I? Uh, Chuck Scarborough. Who the fuck am I? Not Chuck Scarborough. You're, you're Sarge. Joe, Joe? No, no, no. I'm thinking of who was the guy on Crossfire? Who was the right-hand side? The other guy was the mouth of the south, the bald dude. I'm trying to think of who I am. You are really, right. you are really showing little, your age now. That's I was going to say, is that Robert, yeah. Robert, Robert Novak? Is that, is that maybe. maybe. <laughs> listen, I've got... Was it Moses or Noah? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I was gonna say. I said, did this did this span into like the McLaughlin group? Like, what is this? 
the McLaughlin. That's hey man, fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> I was gonna say I know Tucker Carlson was on that show a couple times. So eh, maybe when they re- when when they revamped it, yeah, he was he was on the newer version. Hey, yeah. Tucker, Tucker Carlson's not news, says Fox News that puts his show on every night. They said well, that. Well, that, yeah, that, his lawyers have argued, in, the Fox lawyers have argued in court that it's it's satire, that it's not it's, real news, but it's. Oh, like, he's well, John Oliver. Okay. Yeah, so, 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 right. So it's like, wait a minute. It's it, not now, real. In, in, in fairness, though, the first people to use that defense was MSNBC and Rachel Maddow. It's oh, okay. I, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. I did yeah, not know she that. Because she goes on at length about things, and sometimes Rachel will dig way down into the weeds, and I'm like, all right, Rachel, that's enough. Like, I That's can't. why I don't watch her show. <laughs> She's such a policy person. I'm like, listen, man, just I need it at 50,000 feet. Like, I don't need, like, all the substance and nuance. Like, I'm not here for that. Like, I just need to know what happened and why it happened, and then I'll make my own interpretation about why it's important. Anything well, people else are like, is- in her world, people aren't allowed to fuck up. You know? Well, I mean, and, and more importantly, look, yeah. I mean, you guys know where I lean. I don't need to go into that for our listeners. She lost her mind these last three years. I mean, <laughs> I mean there, there isn't any of There's not. I mean, I actually, I actually find Tucker Carlson more legitimate than her at this point. But they're, they're both playing characters. Oh, for sure. She's yeah, I like agree. That, They're both playing. She's characters. like she's like a political science uh, professor you get at a liberal arts college, and you're like, oh my fucking god, how did I? Get this? <laughs> like she's just gonna beat you up for that whole fucking semester. Like you're just gonna be fucking rocked. I I agree with you, Alan, on the character piece. But once he was talking about, hey, we need to put cameras in schools to see what the kids are being taught. Like, wait, 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 wait. I thought you guys were for small government. Now you want surveillance on my child? Like, well, well, yeah. and, and that's why these guys are so hilarious, right? <laughs> they, just, they just bounce back and forth. <laughs> the, the, the only reason I give Carlson any credit whatsoever is because he's the only guy left who will put Glenn Greenwald on TV. Because Greenwald, oh, yeah. Yeah. Greenwald just comes up, it comes out and basses the shit out of all of them. I got to tell you, I follow him on Twitter since you guys hit me to him, and I have mixed feelings about him. I really, really do, just because, and we completely digressed, but I, I have mixed feelings about him because I understand the principle from which he's coming from, but he allows zero ability for a person to gain new information and change their mind. And and for me, I I am really conflicted with that guy because I'm like, okay, you had a stance, you took in more information, you changed your mind because you learned something new, and this guy wants to eighty six you for what you said all you know years ago. It's like, wait, 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 like, come on, like, I think we're all a little better than that. Like, we just need to show each other a little more grace. And but the way I, I, I see works, where you're going, but, but we don't. He, do he's that. also he's also one that's pretty active with the whole idea of like. When somebody tweets something at age sixteen on Twitter, it shouldn't haunt them at age thirty-four. So, 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 but I see, I see where you're going. Where like he kind of toes a weird line where we should be forgiving some sins, but then he also tries to hold people accountable to where you're saying this now, but this is your inconsistency. And I think his struggle is. Is your inconsistency because you grew, or is your consistent 
is is your inconsistency because the party line changed or because the person who is saying X used to lean right and now the person who's saying the same thing leans left. So so I think that's where where he can be a he's a challenging listen. Yeah, he is. He he puts a mirror up in a lot of. He puts the mirror up sometimes, which is what I like about him. He makes that. He puts that that mirror up and says, "Hey, you fuckers did this too." I like that, but I get it. Dennis, I, 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 yeah, I understand what you're saying, but you know, hey, listen, he's a gay dude living in South America. That ain't easy. No, I get, I, I, I I, I get get that, but I, I guess when I just sum it up, I would just say. Be weary of people who throw stones that live in glass houses. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you got to show people a level of grace. But I think that is a whole nother pod that we could get into. But um, and we should. We should get into that. Hey, go go watch the uh, movie he did where he he uh, he was the guy that um, uh, what's his name? Snowden called. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was, yeah, 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 that, go, that was his big. He, that was I mean, he was already big, well known, but that was his big one. Snowden called him. Snowden called him, and then That's and, they, and then they I, made a whole thing movie. about it. It's worth yeah. your time. It's worth yeah. your time. I mean, uh, he's I'm gonna, gonna you, you, you'll get a different idea about kind of what he's about. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. But in the same breath, I'm like, mm, I, some of that shit needs to be said. We got a yeah. weird place going on. Yeah, I, I, I take it all with a grain of salt. But um, but getting back to the Olympics real quick, one of mm. the things that that will that yes. broke out this week in the news was that they're not going to allow fans in Tokyo because there's been a, a spike in COVID cases. And so it's one of those things where they didn't have it last year because we're all in it. So they thought, okay, we could do it this week because we are this year because we have the vaccine. Um, the Olympics has always been a money grab because they get 75% of their money off the TV contracts. So it's always been a money grab, but now it's just it, – it feels greedy, and it feels greedy in the way that the college athletics claim to be amateur, but you sold your TV rights for a billion dollars. And there's nothing, bil- there's nothing amateur about a billion dollars, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. But I'm curious what you guys think about their decision to postpone it and – should we just cancel it all together and just pump the Olympics four years down the road? Because right now it just doesn't make any sense to me to have this worldwide event in the middle of a pandemic because you can't hold other countries to America because America's so far ahead in terms of vaccination rates compared to everybody else. I mean, this Delta variant came out of India. And now if you live in Missouri, you're basically going to get it, whether you're vaccinated or not, because nobody in Missouri wants to get vaccinated. Like I, I'm just, I'm struggling with this idea of, we need to have the, the Olympics right now. Uh, can I jump on this one? So the the question is, do we give a shit about whether or not fans are going to be at the Olympics? Is that the question? Basically, I think so, but I want you to go a little further than that. So I will go a little further than that. And let me just start by saying this. At least from the American perspective, my idea of the people that go to the Olympics are rich white assholes. And, I'll, and let, me, let me back it up with some facts. So let's just take the win. Let me let's just take the Winter Olympics for example. Okay, let's just let's just take that for example. So when you watch 
our winter Olympic team. They're sitting there. They got really nice shit on. They're outside. It's cold. So a couple of years ago, my wife happens to be a big Olympics fan. Okay. She likes to watch the winter summer games. She's big into it. Right. But what I'm saying is the people that sponsor at least a few years ago, the sponsored our Olympic team was Polo. Okay. So, so, so if you, me, the consumer wanted to buy a, let's say a winter Olympics hat for the, whatever, the 2012 game, whatever, whatever the, that was probably not a, anyway, whatever, whatever winter Olympics there was, you had to go out, me, the consumer and buy a Ralph Lauren winter Olympic thing. Okay. Now, funny story. My dad actually bought my wife a winter Olympics toboggan, you know, like a soft cap with a little ball on top of it. Okay. Oh, wow. Right. One, of the, one, of the, one of the games. Okay. It was like a gift. It was, you know, she's a big fan. Guess how much one of them motherfuckers was? No, I, I'm scared to ask. Probably, Throw probably some numbers out. Okay, $125 for one of them fuck fucking you, caps. This fuck you, fuck you. This is $125. Okay, Dennis, because so, it says polo on it, okay? And Ralph Lauren made the motherfucker. So fuck all them white people that go to those games because that's really the only people that can go. It's an elitist event that they can go to. Fuck them. They don't really give a shit. They just want to go there, post on their Instagram, post on their social media. Look at me. I'm at the shit. I'm posting up now. And it's only made it worse. With the social media and stuff. So now, fuck them. Let the athletes compete. Let's just get it done. Move down the line. So who who's next? Yeah, well, 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 Patrick. <laughs> Hashtag hot take. Patrick, first of all, I mean, you should be a little kinder to, to Ralph Lauren. I mean, it probably took him a while to stitch that cap. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, imagine him like a cobbler. He's in, he's in his little shack and he's making them all by hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly no. What but doing. I'm with you. I, I am so far into the fuck the Olympic money grab. I love the track and field. I love the basketball. Yep, me too. Um, but uh, and some of the other shit's kind of cool. But we all know what they're there for. Um, for everybody's safety, given what we've seen. Um, Shutting this shit down probably makes a little bit of sense, especially I'm not as aware of the economics for the athletes. So that's my only hesitation is giving them exposure. So maybe they can make some money, but, um, Hey, and, and, and before we move off this Olympic topic, I just pulled up the 2021 basketball roster. For an Olympic team, yeah, let's talk now, about that. Now, let's hold on, hold on, that. just a minute. Let, let me just let me just go down this list because it's pretty good, right? You got Bam Adebayo, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. I, we're not gonna lose, right? And then Dame Lillard. Let's, Dame Lillard. Let, let's skip over. You got Draymond Green. He's dope. Drew Holiday. Yeah, he'll lock people down. Zach Levine. Yeah, he's good. Damian Lillard. Okay, so let's get to this part. That's a little sketchy. You got old ass Kevin Love on the team. Okay. All right, that's fine. All right. So he's there for like motivation. And then Tell I'm not shitting you. Hold on a second. No, Hold on a second. But Molly Jones would call him the dat the dap master. Somebody's yeah, gotta be there to give people dap. Well, he's going to tell everybody to get in therapy because everybody needs it. And he's right, because they do, because it's an emotional world out there. But Jeremy Grant? 
is on the motherfucking Olympic team. Let's talk about that for a minute. Jeremy Grant plays for the Pistons. Jeremy Grant. His da- I think his dad is I think his dad is uh Har- is Harvey Horace, Grant. Horace dad, or Harvey? Dad, it, no, his dad, dad his dad's Harvey. Harvey. Okay, his dad's but, Harvey. Okay. But, 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 I want to be clear. When I heard Jeremy Grant made the team, my first thought was if you're going to put him on the team as the 11th or 12th man, you know what? I'm sorry. You got to give it to Carmelo. I'm sorry. But at this point, he's got three. He's the only person that's been playing since 04. He needs to be on the team. Even at 36, 37 years old, he's going cool to give that. you the same production as Jeremy Grant. He'll be better than Jeremy Grant. <laughs> เออครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับผมครับ
So Love's not going to play a ton, but he might be well, that extra big body that they need. Well, so I didn't agree with it, but like, okay, I see the logic. But Jeremy Grant is the one where I, I really struggled. I was like, I'm not real sure how uh, we well, got here. Also, let me just say this. Let me just throw this out here. Also, you got Kevin Love. He's a, he's a veteran, right? But he's also a white dude that can get weed through customs, right? Because he's probably got all the credentials. <laughs> hey, hold oh, on now. Oh, my God. He could probably get the weed through customs. He's got to go to Japan. You've seen get so, him to the Greek. You know what you got to so, do. So he's probably carrying for everybody. And that's probably part of his job. Like, hey, Kevin, pipe this out. <laughs> Shut up wow. about it. But just bring your medical marijuana card, you depressed asshole. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kevin, if you hear this. I don't really hate you, but. <laughs> don't worry. He... Don't feel bad for Kevin. He's, he's, in, he's engaged to a supermodel, and he has a contract. He's made like. He's made close to three hundred million dollars in his career. He's he's hey, a he's hey, a man. legend. He's a legend at the bank. He's a he's legend a at leg- the bank. He's a legend at the bank. Hey man, he was he was a sweet ass player at college, and his first probably six seven years in the league, he was dope. Like he did it all. True, and, and Le- Le- LeBron kind of stunted his growth from there. But quite frankly, if you're a big fan <laughs> with LeBron, that's what that's what LeBron does. That's what I'm saying. Has, has LeBron let anyone grow? Let's talk about that next podcast. Yeah, I mean, outside at this point, given his age, he had to see to AD, but AD is is always hurt, so that's a whole nother conversation for another hey, day. Hey, look, and Alan told Alan told me Daniel Booby Gibson would have been an all star if he'd have been anywhere else. That's what he told me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He didn't say I'll that. Fight. So all, <laughs> to, to all my all my friends that are Laker fans. I'm, I'm telling you that that he ceded to AD only because he had to, and ceding to AD is questionable given his health. I know I'm going to ruffle some feathers with my Laker friends, but um, that's hey, just hey, that's just the truth. Hey Brian, are you playing PlayStation right now? I'm not. No. Who's who's flipping through the menu? I can hear that shit. <laughs> no, I'm not flipping through it at all. All right, never mind. Sorry, go ahead, Brian. No, no, I'm no, taking no, no. it. I've had too much to drink. No, no, no. Please continue on. So the last no. thing that I that I wanted to um, to cover this evening is really the one topic I really have been wanting to talk to you guys about, and this is this whole we've crossed the July first threshold. So the name, image, and likeness rule has gone into effect for the NCAA. And I got to tell you, some of the things that these guys are signing endorsement deals for are nothing short of fucking amazing. So to give you just to give you know folks that are listening an example of what these kids are signing for. There are these twins that play basketball for Fresno State that have a large TikTok following. They just signed with Boost Mobile for $50,000. There is a young man who plays football for Miami who is signing with a steakhouse in Miami to um, to sell tomahawk steaks. Um, one Buddy Beheim, Jim Beheim's son, coach of Syracuse, has signed on with a apparel company to sell sweatshirts with the Syracuse logos on them. And the list goes on and on and on and on. So I'm curious, at this point, this feels like not e- this is like chaos. It's not even organized chaos. This feels like the free market with no guardrails 
going. And my favorite deal out of all of this is there is an MMA gym in Miami down in South Beach that is offering $500 for every Miami Hurricanes player to endorse the gym. So over the course of 12 months, that's $6,000 a year multiplied by 90 players. I think it comes out to something like a little more than a half a million dollars each year to pay the players. And so to me, when I hear that, all I can think about is the 30 for 30 with SMU football where Sherwood had Sherwood told the school, we have a payroll and we have to meet it. This is just a new version of a payroll. And I have to say, I'm all for it because once you sell your TV rights for a billion dollars, there's nothing amateur about a billion dollars. You know, I, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you brought that up. So I'll take the lead on this one um, because I, th- I had that very same thought about SMU. That if you take that SMU, that era of SMU, and you put that in 2021, like all those oil tycoons and, and like all that money that's down there in Texas, like can you imagine like Eric Dickerson's grandmother, and I'm using air quotes, doesn't have to sign for the, for the Trans Am because a booster can just say, why don't you just rep this dealership and we'll, we'll give you two in addition to 50000 Like. Like, it is just insane. But like we were talking about before, like, you know, like with Shakara Richardson thing in terms of the rules, that's, we can argue whether the rules are fair or not. The rules are in place, right? So for years, the NCAA has had these rules in place. And we can argue whether they're right or wrong, but they were in place. Um, but now, and my understanding is uh, they lost They lost in the Supreme Court and they the statement that they issued like an 11th hour, like their quote unquote guidance, if you will, was just basically we can't stop it. So if there's a state law in your state, you have to abide by the state law. Everybody else, you guys just figure it out. And so, I mean, so now to your point is we have reached a point of um, it seems like the wild, wild west. But I also think it's a little bit overblown in the sense that in the same way that you know, when the speed limit moved from like 55 to 65, people are like, oh, you can't do that because there's going to be so many crashes. Like, well, there's always going to be crashes, but it's not it's not as bad as you think it is. And I think ultimately at the end of the day, it's not going to stop Ohio State or Alabama or, you know, the top tier schools from getting people. It, there may be some middle of the road school that maybe you can decide between a car dealership and a in a local bakery, like maybe that is the deciding factor. But I mean, as long as a booster is in a line of business and it's legitimate, that booster can pay you. But you and I and everybody outside of the NCA knew that they were getting paid anyway. Right. So it's better to just have it above board and have it on the table you and now yeah yeah look make weed legal and tax it yeah my point the reason the ncaa fought this and the schools fought this for so long was because every 10 grand that that car dealership pays to an ohio state quarterback is ten grand that they're not just donating to Ohio State. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I'm, and I'm not sing, singling out Ohio State here. That that's across the <clears throat> board. Um, that's the only reason they fought this this long. They knew they were full of shit the whole time they were doing it. It's one of the more disgraceful, rich white things that have have gone on for fucking decades, and I love it. Um, I, I I love that they're doing this. I love that these these guys and girls can just that they can monetize uh, online stuff and and I think the biggest thing and I may have tweeted this to you guys I, I don't remember but I think the biggest thing that jumped out at me is, <clears throat> is think about all the societal changes that people have talked about. People talk about getting rid of student loans. And you get this barrage of people. Oh, I paid. I, I had to pay off my student loans. Rah, 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 rah. Or you, you talk about uh, all these other societal changes. Well, I had to deal with this. So blah 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 blah. There has been zero noise from former athletes saying, "Well, I couldn't put." I figured it out. Name. So why don't you figure it out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you haven't seen. You haven't seen, uh, you know, Braxton Miller say, well, I couldn't have my name put on a real estate billboard in, in Columbus endorsing this guy. So these guys shouldn't be able to do it either. It's been it's been accepted. Everybody knows it's the right thing to do. Um, and I think it's great. I was going to say Chris Weber would like to have a word. Like <laughs> it was. Well, the, yeah. the, there are some guys who went sure. ahead and, and did what should have been right chris weber and reggie bush being the two biggest they they have some beef with the way some things uh, have been handled and should be corrected but that's a different story well i would just like to shout out whether it was uh at this point i'm long gone uh whether it was ed or charles o'bannon that kind of got us down this path right oh because yeah you can thank him yeah yeah because it it, it all kind of started with one of those dudes it was Ed. Okay, so he had a problem with him being in a video game, and, and you know I play a shitload of video games, and <clears throat> I appreciate what he's done for himself and basically for a larger movement than himself. And uh, listen, I, I I know guys that that played college sports. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm a geek, but I did know guys that did that, and I know they were compensated outside of the norms. But I like the fact that they can do it. I'm going to back up uh, Al Dog for once, even though he's a shithead. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it's nice. They you know they ought to be able to make some dough off this stuff, and uh, I think it's great. It's just it's long overdue. Uh, let's get some guys selling steaks. Whatever Dennis said about steaks, I like that idea. Uh, we'll have some guys. Well, some guys hawking cars or tattoo shops. I think one of you guys texted that out the other day. It was something in our text thread about what about these dudes? That <laughs> well, that could have endorsed a tattoo parlor. Well, yeah, that's I, the I like thing. All I that. mean, Claret got in trouble because he went to Trussell's office and said, you know, hey, look, I'm having trouble with X, Y, and Z. And Trussell was like, go talk to this guy. And the guy handed it, or not, not, not Claret, Troy Smith. I'm having trouble with X, Y, and Z. We'll go talk to this guy. He can help you. And then Troy Smith got the bag. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, he got a bag. He can't have a bag. It's like, come on, man. Like, what are we talking about? Miss me with the whole shit about, well, they get an education, so that makes it equal. The fuck it does. And listen, 
I was cool with the argument that, okay, they're amateurs and they get a scholarship, so that's their compensation. I was cool with that up until 2006, 2007, when the Big Ten jumped out there and sold their media rights to ABC and ESPN for a billion dollars. At that point, I'm like, fuck yep. you, pay the players. Because there's yep. nothing amateur about a billion dollars. Jeff Bezos doesn't deal in amateurism. Neither does Bill Gates or what's the dude out of Nebraska? What's his name? Um, Warren Buffett. Oh, uh, Warren, Warren Buffett. Buffett yeah. like, like none of these dudes traffic in amateurism. So if we're talking about a billion dollars, get the fuck out of here with this whole amateurism shit. This is I I I I I I, I will not accept that argument on any level. And what was amazing to me about this whole situation is this gets argued in front of the Supreme Court, and they voted not only nine to nothing that that you're you're full of shit, but they give the you know majority opinion. But that's not enough. Kavanaugh comes out, who is a conservative. And says, I'm going to give a concurring opinion. And he burns the whole business model to the ground and basically says, in any other line of business, nowhere would it be acceptable for you not to pay the labor of prevailing market rate. Like, well, well, well to, to that point, there's, and there's two things I was thinking about, too. One, I think... Um, you know, you mentioned Ed O'Ban. Another person you need to mention is Kane Coulter, former quarterback of Nebraska or not Nebraska of uh, Northwestern, because he tried to start a movement to unionize. Cause oh, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So, and that oh, that went all the way up to the Supreme Court. Um, <clears throat> so, I'd put his name on the ledger of people who are you know can take a little slice of this and you know kind of claim it as their own. But to a bigger point, the NCAA knew at some point this day was coming. Well, and you just and you just keep they just kept punting and punting and punting, but at some point you know that that bill is going to come due, right? So your your argument to punt it again or to not pay this bill is just it's ridiculous and stupid. But you had the opportunity to get out in front of this in some way, shape, or fashion, even if you placated them by giving athletes you know a small percentage or. Whatever you want to do, you had the option to get out in front of this and do something about it before it got to this point. So, so I'm glad you asked this question, or I'm glad you said it the way you said it, Brian, because I I, I want to ask a question, and this question is specifically for Pat and Alan, because I feel like one of the things that this podcast has evolved into is a safe space to have a tough conversation. And so, Brian, what you just said makes me think of this question. So, Pat Allen, I'm looking to you guys to tell me if I'm wrong or not. I feel like the NCAA's position in terms of fighting this for so long fundamentally boils down to the arrogance of white men. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it does. It goes back to it goes back to what I said earlier. It, it was a matter of. Every dime that is sent directly to the athlete doesn't go to the university as a filter. That's that's their fundamental problem with all of this. Yeah, it is is that I mean, I mean, in the whole scheme of things, if there was some universal entity that they knew of 
like like they they're not going to give a shit if um uh Gatorade comes to some kind of NIL deal with uh that that uh that quarterback at Clemson, right? Right, what, Trevor Lawrence. What, 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 yeah. what they? What, well, the new guy. Who's yeah, the new like, guy. New yeah, guy, yes. who's, who's looped yep. in with the with the uh, agency. Yep. What, yep. what yep. they give a shit about is losing. Like, University of Texas cares about. Hey, instead of the guy who runs all the oil rigs in Texas writing us a check for two million dollars. He's gonna pay ten of our players, you know, two hundred thousand dollars to do advertising for him, and we get no cut of that. Exactly. That's, That's right. always That's right. been what they've been fighting for from from this. Um, they, they always tried to veil it along the lines of like, oh, we don't want a guy to have a job at a pizza shop getting paid to sweep the floor at the end of the night and he gets $4,000 an hour. That was, that was always their veil. And I'm not going to lie to you. There's some legitimacy to that. But if the rules had allowed for that same pizza shop to pay a kid, you know, 500 bucks a week to advertise for his pizza shop, it's crazy, but like both sides probably would have been happier. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, 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 I think you're right on the money on that. I mean, but yeah, to your, to your point, yes, it's always been about control over people, right? At the end of the day, it's controlling a revenue stream for, you know, let's be honest, the, the, the sports that get all of the eyeballs are obviously American football in college basketball, right? The two biggest ones that have a direct impact on the professional leagues that they they feed into. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of money involved in that and it's long overdue for some of these guys to to get a piece of that pie. So, yeah, I'm 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 all for it. They should have like you said Dennis a while. This should have happened maybe 10 years ago, maybe 20 for that matter. When you get right down to it, Hey, what's yeah. that noise? Oh. Yeah, yeah. It it should have happened. And so, and we kind of talked about it. You know, the teams or the players that would have made a killing had this rule been in place all along, immediately your mind goes to Fab Five, Reggie Bush. Um, you know, if you want to go back further, Archie Griffin, um, but UNLV. I think the team that the teams that sort of the team that I thought about that sort of gets lost in all of this is could you imagine the 1980s Miami Hurricane football teams that would have been able to make so much money because let's be honest, cocaine built Miami in the 80s. And there is so much money running through Miami at that point that those guys like Michael Irvin and Melvin Bratton and all of, and you know Alonzo Highsmith and all of those guys coming out of the out of the early to mid eighties when Schnellenberger got there, and then you and then you build on that with Jimmy Johnson and and Eric, or Dennis Erickson like 
those guys would have made a killing on all of that. Well, and, well, um, just the, well, the non-scholarship players would have been making fifty thousand. Not even the not even the stars, like the non like the non-scholarship guys. So, like you were talking about the 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 deal that the Miami players have now. That's just for scholarship players. My understanding. That's not for non-scholarship. Well, that's the thing, Brian. I think let a guy, let a guy who's a role player have a really good game. Like, you know what I mean? The kind of guy that comes out of nowhere, steps up, and he has three sacks. Immediately, he's got a deal. Now we've got real incentive in the locker room for you to ball out because you can get paid. But I think the other thing, too, to think about, too, is if you – the way that this changed the game also is that, and you can't re- retroactively go back and, and change anything because, like we talked about before, as Pat would say, the rules were the rules at the time, right? Well, we can argue whether they're stupid or whether they're dumb. But, like, think about how retroactively you're probably giving Reggie Bush's Heisman back. You're probably not taking anything away from Michigan. There's probably, I think, didn't USC get a national title taken away because in, a, in conjunction with Reggie Bush getting his Heisman taken away? Like, yeah. there are so many other things retroactively that that you would have to address, you know. But like I said, that could be a different discussion for a different day. But just, but that just goes to show you how intertwined this is, you know, over the course of history. Yeah, I agree. And I think the other team, I think we kind of talked about this. The other team that comes to mind is UNLV and how great UNLV was with Tarkanian and Stacey Augman and Larry Johnson, Greg Anthony, like those teams are like well, even those Duke teams in the early 90s. Like, don't forget George Ackles. Don't forget George Ackles. Well, I think right. the other thing too, well, I think also it's also time and place, right? So, yes, if, if um, you know, at the time – you know, like those Miami teams, but you know, obviously Miami speak. But to be, but to be on the running rebels, like you know, with Augman and and, and Larry Johnson and all those guys, and to be in Vegas, like you oh mean to tell God. me, that, yeah, you, really. you mean to tell me, you mean to tell me, the Sands isn't going to give Larry Johnson a hundred thousand dollars to go to their buffet? That, like, I'm, like I'm, you know I'm what I mean? Like, said that, that that's the rule, though. The rule is that you can't. You can't endorse like a casino. Like they don't want to get involved with the gambling. So like they wouldn't have been able to do that per se. But you can't tell. You can't convince me that UNLV wouldn't have found a way around that. Well, uh, the other thing I think that's interesting about it is what if you pay a kid to rep Adidas, but it's a Nike school? Like, like how are you going to work that out, right? So I think there are other parts of it that are going to be interesting to see how it kind of. Um, kind of resolves itself but uh, like Trevor Lawrence isn't the Adidas guy apparently he's always loved Adidas but he went to Clemson so Clemson's Nike but if he signs an Adidas contract he can't rock Adidas with a Nike like so I'm just interested to see how Nike Nike will have him killed (laughs) (laughs) yeah Phil Knight does not play so um, but I'd be interested to see how how as it progresses, when athletes sign with things that are maybe in direct conflict with the school that for which they go to, yeah, I think that's an interesting dynamic that I don't, you know, or, or like you know, like you know, if if you if let's say you sign a deal with Pepsi, but your school sells Coke in the stadium, right? So you know, or if you're Powerade, but your but your school does Gatorade, like how does or, that work? 
Well, that's true. Or will your school start steering you towards certain endorsements? Mm. I don't know what the bylaws are on that, but you know, that's an interesting way to look at it. If you want to come, I imagine they're going to be plugged in, don't you? I mean, yeah, like if you're going to come here, you know, this is a Nike school, right? Like you can't sign. Well, the school compliance department will tell you, you know, you should really steer this way. And kids are impressionable at that age that they could, you know, they could steer them that way. But I just find like, you know, the way this thing jumped off, like, so quick and guys had deals. And I will say the one thing that I think is interesting is some of the players are not signing specific endorsement deals. They're signing with advertising agencies or with agents and then letting those agents go out and farm out what the deals are and bring the best ones back to me. I think that's that's the the best way to do it to me. That's what, well, that's what the new Clemson um, quarterback DJ, Alungule, whatever his name is. I can't ever say his name. That's what he did. And I think that is the smart long-term play is to say, if you've got real star potential and you would, and you kind of achieve it early in your career in college, sign with an agent and let them go get those deals for you, whether it's a local car dealerships or Kroger or, you know, Marco's pizza or whatever the hell it is. CC's. Ah, oh, oh, oh man, I love CC's pizza, macaroni and cheese pizza. Don't get I think me started. It's gone. You can't even find that around here anymore. There's, there, there. <laughs> there's some out west. <laughs> oh well, not around here. No, it makes not me sad. Here. So, well, boys, with that, um, I, I think it's. I think this is probably a, a good spot to wrap it up. Um, any, any closing thoughts from you, I, Alan? I'll start with you. You've been very you've been very non hyperverbal so lately. So I'll start with you. Any closing thoughts? You know, I'll, I'll close out on the NL, NIL thing. Where I, I think the other thing that's going to get interesting is if the uh, some of the deals some of these kids start making start rivaling what the coaches make. Um, so that'll be an interesting trend to uh to monitor but 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 otherwise you know I, I i just think we're in a really interesting time between nil and talking about what substances should be tested for and what shouldn't and um and, and it just feeds perfectly into our interesting political environment so uh i'm glad we were able to get together and chat and look forward to more sounds good brian how about you uh, speaking back off that, Alan, I saw something that there are people that are projecting that Arch Manning, uh, nephew of Peyton and Eli, could make as much as ten million dollars in his freshman year just from ads and just signing with. Wow, so, I had not so, heard or read that, but that makes yeah. Because at that point, the system would be mature enough where you could sustain a player at ten million dollars a year, making more than his coach. I love it. <laughs> So, so, so that is interesting. So I'm, you know, I'm going to be following that. And, uh, you know, like you said, football, I hope Aaron Rodgers has to come to Pittsburgh, but that's a different pod. Um, oh, you but, have that guy from Ohio State. What's his name? Slowfoot. <laughs> <laughs> What's his uh, name? 
<laughs> Dwayne, Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne, you're good. You got Dwayne Haskins. He'll get everybody open. He'll throw the ball on everybody. I'm yeah. on target. So, Dwayne, Dwayne. Slowfoot. I've heard of a lot of shit, but Slowfoot is not. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, B Tubbs, wait a minute. Are you guys really going into another season with Ben Roethlisberger as your quarterback? Yeah, this is the la- this is the last dance for him. Oh, by the way, speaking of which, we didn't even touch on Scottie Pippen, but that can be a different discussion for a different day. Oh my God! <laughs> no, 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 racist? no, 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 I am absolutely convinced of it, and I'm convinced of it for this reason. I think it's his wife or his ex-wife that pushed him over the edge because she left him and slept with Future. And I'm telling you now, and uh, Pat Allen, if you don't know who Future is, Future is a rapper. And Future still makes really good music, but there was a moment where Future was like the hottest rapper on the planet. And I'm telling you now... She left Scotty to be with Future, and the shit has never been the same. I think Scotty is, I think this is an American beauty situation where he has lost his mind. It's a midlife crisis, and he just said, you know what? Jordan fucked me. Phil Jackson fucked me. I'm out here, and I'm just going to say whatever. He went and got a tattoo the other day, like a half asleep. And honest to God, if you waited this long in your life to get a half sleep tattoo, if I was to show of your to name, you, of your name, with a basketball, he got yeah, with your name. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, listen, listen, it was his name, and I think his jersey number. Like we know who you are. Listen, what are you doing? It's the kind so, of tattoo you would get <laughs> when you were like twenty-one, not when you're goddamn fifty-five. <laughs> so, so I've, I've got a few comments on this. One, I, I, I'm not as out of touch as I, I seem. I, I heard that Future did that whole shit just because Scotty refused to give him a, a fucking autograph when he was a kid. But, um, oh, okay. is that that's right? A, really? Oh. That's some that's some <laughs> petty shit. <laughs> Whether or not that's true, I don't know for sure. But, well, I did not know that, but that's 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 interesting. But 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 what what I what I will say is, um, I don't give him a lot of sympathy because I don't look at the '90s the same way a lot of people do um, with the. Uh, you know, with the league expansion and the dilution of talent, I mean, there was a lot of factors that kind of factored into making the team who had the league's best player look like the best team. Um, Magic Bird, Isaiah, Pastor Prime, etc. So I don't have the... I, I don't worship at the church of the Chicago Bulls the way that basketball fans are beaten to to do. Um, so, so so there's that. But but the the other thing I'll say about Scotty is I always found it interesting that people voted him a top fifty player, and you said why, and 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 you said. Well, well, he was the second best player on the greatest team. I said, "Well, that's interesting because he went went to Portland and he was their fifth best player." <laughs> so, uh, I always had trouble reconciling that, but you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, his comments about uh, Phil not giving him the shot, like it just uh, with Tony Kukoc, like this is, uh, I, I don't know, man. That just seems like that's not. Uh, 
that's not a good look. Which is even if you felt that way, and I guess if you if you're 55 and you want to let it fly, I guess okay, sure. But um, Tony was a better shooter than him. Shoot better shooter than him. Am I not? Am I remembering that incorrectly? All facts, bro. <laughs> so so wouldn't you draw a play for your best shooter? Like is this okay? But you got to remember in Pippen's defense, Pippen was MVP of the All Star game that season. Like, in his mind, I'm the best player in the world right now. I should get the ball. So I understand it. But my thing is this. Your beef, you held on to this for 25 years, and just now you're speaking about this? You know what I'm saying? This is why you see people who people who do who exhibit that type of behavior, and I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just drawing a parallel. People who display that type of behavior are the same people that will argue, why are you trying to bury Bill Cosby for something that happened 25 years ago? I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. I'm saying that behavior is very similar. Hey, hey Bill Cosby's free. Let's just be honest. Let's just talk about that. He's out. He's out now. So it's Well, he's going to be on tour if you want to go see him. I'm not doing that. I saw. I, saw <laughs> I did. I did see Louis C.K. because, as far as I know, all he did was beat off on himself. So, as far as I know, that's all he did. And what in my Ch- mind, what did, Chappelle said pancake batter. Yeah, pancake. Listen, <laughs> hey, let me say something about Scotty though, real quick, because I, I I watched the thirty for last summer. That was the big thing, right? Because we were all trapped inside. It was the thing. So they put the thirty for thirty out about the Bulls. I, I was not a Bulls dude in the 90s, right? I was kind of like anti-Bulls, like anybody but the Bulls. So I remember watching that documentary, whatever the fuck it was called, The Last Dance, whatever it was. And I just remember coming off thinking, you know, and this is no bullshit. I was like, man, Phil Jackson's a pretty cool guy, right? Like, this is my impressions from last summer. He, he seemed like a pretty cool dude. I mean, he was kind of a weirdo. He had a ranch in Montana, whatever. But then I kind of... I was watching the same documentary and, and Scotty Pippen just coming off, kept coming off like an asshole. Right. He kept, I don't know. It was just maybe the questions they were asking him. They kind of drilled in on a moment where he kind of was a little bitch. I don't know. I'm just saying it, <laughs> was in, it was, it was in the fucking movie. All right. I didn't make the movie, but well, well, this seems like some, go ahead, Alan. What were you going to uh, say? Along those lines, I am very, and, and you know, I look at a lot of things like even the markets for different sports cards right now and and the things you see on Twitter, the things you hear and read, uh, various opinions on different players. It's very alarming to me the influence that the last dance has on people's opinions about basketball right now. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, we we all live that time. Well, well, and like, yeah, but like, yeah, I was like, because like, you got you got to you got to remember, because like my kids, my old my my kids are my two my two oldest boys. They're thirteen and ten, so they're looking at it because they have no idea. They didn't live it, so now they're asking like, "Well, who's Reggie Miller?" And you know, why is this guy? Uh, good? And you know, Reggie so, so, Miller so, is so, a so, killer, and you will <laughs> refer to him as such. Hold on, yeah, I, let, let, let let me ask Alan this real quick. Alan, would you rather have Devin Booker or Scottie Pippen? Devin Booker 10 times. See? That's my point. Like, 
Scotty Pippen was pretty good, but he wasn't all that Scottie sweet. And he has to live with that. I don't I don't know. I mean I mean he's a good I mean he's well he you probably play better defense than Devin Booker. You can't find me twelve other guys who can guard three positions and bank in eighty five percent of their jump shots because they know that's what they have to do because Yeah, but at the same time though, I think Pippen was asked to sacrifice way more than than maybe any other player except for maybe two or three that we can't name right now simply because he played with Jordan. Like, in my mind, Pippen, Pippen is a turny. But then that's what I'm saying. In my, I mean, he was my, supposedly this amazing player, and he went to Portland, and he was their fifth option. I yeah, always, but I at that point, but that. you got to remember, he was a rookie in 88. By the time he gets to Portland, it's 1999. Like, like he's a different player at that point. But in my mind, if if he didn't play with Jordan, Pippen's a twenty-five point scorer. It, there's no doubt in my mind he's a twenty-five point scorer in this league. But he sacrificed that because he played with who? Arguably the best player that ever lived. Hey, listen, Dennis, you're the, you're, you're the host of this show. You're the host of this thing. I'm gonna disagree with you. I don't think I don't think Pippen's all that sweet. I really don't. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it like that, and that's think, why you're here. Yeah, I, I don't think he's all that sweet. The, the, that's the why you're here. Created the two most overrated players of all time, Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman. Well, you know what? Yeah. You know what? I know there's a certain segment of people that listen to this that are going to say you guys are drifting into Skip Bayless territory. Oh, I'm fuck okay that. with that. That's yeah, bullshit. But I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Watch the Moses faux 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 Sixers. <laughs> if you want to know what a great fucking basketball team really looks like, this is true. He's got, he's got a this point. This is true. That those eighty, those that eighty three Sixers team is lost to history. But if you know your basketball, you would you would put them up against pretty much anybody. They would beat the Bulls in five, and Moses and so, would probably chuckle for three of the games. <laughs> I will say I'll end on this. I did see something the other day where someone said Moses is really the only person of his era that you could make the legitimate argument that was better than Kareem. That Moses had a five or six yes. year stretch Absolutely. that was better than Kareem. Oh, I'm a, oh. <laughs> hold on a second now. I'm a big Kareem guy. Uh, hold on. What, what, what was the claim there? He had a five or six uh, years. He had a five or six years. Yeah. Kareem, but he's the only guy with a claim that he might have. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm looking at. Okay. I see one, two, three, four, five. Five, six, okay, seven. He had seven years. Hey, one year, Moses Malone, just for fun, he averaged uh, 17 rebounds a game and 25 points a game, just for fun. Yeah, yeah. everybody loves Rodman with his you rebounds know, any, a game when he was averaging four points a game, contributed nothing offensively, and only pushed people in the back defensively, and he's a great player. But, but Moses was a focal point of the offense and giving you 17 rebounds a game. I mean, he was a, he was a different level. He led the re, he led the league in rebounds. But one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, six out of seven years from seventy eight, seventy nine to eighty five. 
That's pretty good. Yeah, he came he came out of high school and played for the Utah Stars. Yeah, he he averaged 18 points per game that year. I'm right on basketball reference, everybody that's listening. Like, where the fuck is he getting this from? He averaged <laughs> 18 and 9 as a 19-year-old guy playing in the ABA for the Utah Stars. And by the way, they should still be the Utah Stars or Mormons or Utah bullshit. <laughs> they shouldn't be the fucking Jazz. I'll tell you that right now. I vote for the Utah bullshit. You know what? You know. <laughs> Sorry, guys. One thing I'll throw in, and then I'll try to give some control back to Dennis. Is my favorite thing to say is how those Lakers went to eight finals in ten years. That's how fucking good they were, right? Eight finals in ten years, and Moses's Sixers swept them. Listen, read Showtime. Like. Just read Showtime. Like that that is the inner workings of the Lakers. And it's just it's 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 a it's breathtaking. Um but what I to your point about Robin, what he lacks on court, you're forgetting about his off court foreign policy. So you need to keep that in mind when you talk about Dennis Rodman. Yeah, his, uh, hold on, hold on. His, did you just say his off court foreign policy? Yeah, off the court foreign policy. The work that he did with North Korea, like you, you guys are not <laughs> Off the court foreign policy. <laughs> the fuck I'm out of here. We're out on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're out on that. So thank you guys for jumping on. Um, this was fantastic because these are all topics I wanted to get on. Lord knows I didn't know we would end on Dennis Robbins. Whatever the fuck you just said. <laughs> <laughs> the, man the man is a saint. The man is a saint. <laughs> yeah, saving lives in North Korea every day. All right, fellas, we'll do this again real soon. This was a good time. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys. Uh, thank you. Yep. Love. See you guys. Good night. Yeah, peace.